Welcome to Design Talk. This season's theme is designing organizations. We'll be talking with entrepreneurs and product owners about building teams, shaping organizations, working with partners, suppliers, and customers. So I'll start us off. It's Brian here. And uh, today uh, we're talking with Niall Maher, uh, CEO and founder of Digital Motorsports at ESE Entertainment. Uh, first of all, Niall, thanks very much for joining us. Um, it's a pleasure to be speaking with you. Um, to start off, uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about your background and I guess the journey uh, up until this point where you are today. Yeah, um, thanks Brian for the introduction and hello everybody. Um, I'm Niall Marr, as Brian introduced, a CEO and founder of, of a business called Digital Motorsports. I actually attended the um, Michael Smurfit Business School to start my, my journey uh, 10 years ago, would you believe, back in, in 2012 as a full-time mature student. So um, I wish everybody the best of luck with this course. Uh, keep an open mind. It definitely put me where I am today. So put me on the right track. Um, a very brief background. I, I was raised by a mechanic. So um, my father was uh, all the time working on cars and engineer. And he had a profound interest in technology. And he wanted my brother and I to uh, get, get into computer sciences, which we did. But the uh, the petrol never left our veins, as we say. So I was always looking for a way to uh, converge my passion for motorsports with the knowledge I'd gained for um, technology and innovation. And innovation being, being the, the key word here. And it wasn't really until I, I joined, the, as it was called at the time, the iBusiness course in, in UCD that I, I guess I... Um, the way I describe it is it was like getting corrective eye surgery. Everything just became clear to me on how to look at adoptive technology. At that time, cloud was very new. Um, at that time, like distributed applications, mobile was very new, social media uh, was very new. But as well, I, I learned a lot about actual commercials and business. Um, and, and I started the, the concept of the idea uh, way back when I was uh, in that course doing my master's around creating um, a virtual racing space online. And I hadn't conceptualized the full idea, but I knew it was, was a good one because the games already existed, the technology was there, and there was a demand in the marketplace. And um, I, I stuck with it. And back in 2016, I founded a, a business called Auto Simulation Limited in Ireland very much an open book business um at that time i i had thought it was going to be a, a vr business an a or vr business um designing uh showrooms for for um car sales so you could have a virtual showroom and in 2018 i decided to start digital motorsports um because that's where my passion was with motorsports and then COVID uh, came along, um, which accelerated the demand for people who wanted to race at home because real motorsports had been shut down, if, if you like. And, and uh, we were there with the, with the right platform. We, we set up a Shopify uh, website, which was very easy to do. Um, we, we bought lots of different products. We didn't get into manufacturing. So we, we integrated um, a lot of different components that were off the shelf to build uh, real simulators. And then we built a community online on Discord um, as, a, as a community platform 
um, and hosted tournaments. So there's a lot of amming and budding there, but you can tell we kind of fumbled our way through it, Brian, is, is the point. But uh, the main message on that was 10 years ago, I, I started with an idea and it, it did take 10 years to formulate it, um, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. It sounds like there is a, a blend of, you know, a love of uh, uh, technology, but also, you know, your your early days as a mechanic. So it's really great. Thank you for sharing it. Um, uh, for those that aren't familiar uh, with the sector of sim racing, uh, maybe you could explain the difference between uh, esports and real sports and why esports is now taking off. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, and it is it, it is take taken off it, it isn't even, it, it's beyond the adoption phase so quick step back i i guess when i was starting this project 10 years ago gaming was was very much um on consoles or pcs and the difference between playing a game and playing a sport is uh, gaming you, you can play a game by yourself you can play a single you know shooter game by yourself you can play um, any type of sporting game, FIFA or whatever it is, by, by yourself. But when it becomes a sport is when there's rules and, and I guess, judging and governance involved with, uh, with prizes or, or an award. So, so that's the gap I've seen um, with, with the motorsports piece. The difference between uh, a real-world motorsport and a virtual motorsport, bring it into my domain, of course, there's no risk to injury or health or, or property. So... Um, if you crash a car, it's very easy to reset it. Nobody really gets injured, I, I guess. So it's hard to translate the um, the real-world risks of motorsport, which is quite dangerous, with fatalities, uh, over to a, a digital world. But the convergence, and, and it was that word of innovation and convergence, um, the technology has become so real that professional drivers would now use uh, simulators, our simulators, um, to train on. So... Things like haptic feedback, motion systems, VR headsets, even the steering wheels and the pedals are now so realistic with direct drive inputs. And of course, the graphics have become so real, especially with third generation graphics um, like the NVIDIA RTX uh, advanced shader systems. It, it's often very hard when you see these games being played, especially motorsports games, to tell if it's a virtual or a, a real motorsport, um, and that's that's what digital motorsports focuses on. We, our, our kind of slogan is, you know, we're, we're for the real drivers, um, which is a play on the, the, the virtual and reality piece. But um, to answer your question, it's not a game. Uh, so we set up tournaments. We've, we ran the uh, World Cup of digital motorsports last year, and we had, you know, major sponsorship. That's how we make our revenues, often through sponsorship, or we have a, a pay to race model. Um, so always when you're thinking about these uh, these business concepts, always be thinking in the background, how do you generate revenue? But um hope that answers your question. Hi, this is Chris. So one follow-up question from my side. So generally uh, people would, would consider games like Counter-Strike, Dota, League of Legends or Fortnite as like the proper esports. So like tell us, does like, um, like my motorsports like fit well into the the esports landscape is it growing? Yeah, actually, recent research just out. Um, so some of the top platforms in in racing will be obviously the Formula One game, uh, iRacing, which is a purely online um, SaaS solution, and um, sorry, the third one slipped. Oh, Seta Corsa. Uh, they actually were ranked in the top ten 
of streamed uh, Twitch channels last year. Um, so, so it's a, a growing space. It's currently 5%, uh, estimated a 5% growing of the esports um, marketplace. And really unique, for me, I believe it's the only sport where you translate the skills one-to-one from the real world into the digital world or the virtual world. Steering input, gear selection, uh, clutch pedal brake. Um, so, so everything that you would do in a real car uh, you would do in in the esports space. So it's it's actually if if anything, it's the um it's the most transferable uh, sport uh, it, to my mind uh, in esports. Uh, it reminds me of a topic that I think a lot of people are speaking about today, um, and maybe too much um, is the metaverse. Um, so uh, you know, some people might consider uh, digital motorsports to be maybe one of the first movers in the space. Uh, I'd love to uh, get your thoughts on that idea. Yeah, well, I can I can speak on that topic all day, but um, th- there's a tie-in with this piece, and and what I and the advice I'd give everyone is listening to this podcast is if you're listening to my journey and story, it's always have the end in mind. So when I was setting up digital motorsports back in 2016 and in 2018, it was always with, to my mind as a CEO, you're either getting a business ready for sale or you're getting a business ready to make acquisitions. And at that time, I was getting certainly getting the, the busy business ready for investment or for sale. Um, ESE uh, Entertainment um, came along as a potential investor and partner, actually this time last year, and they were talking a lot about the metaverse, blockchain, NFTs uh, um, at that point. And it really interested me because I, d- I do believe that that's, that's where this um, marketplace uh, of esports is, is heading at speed. So metaverse uh, or Web 3.0 is, is certainly, it makes sense from a federation point of view, from an esports point of view, that it's a much more, secure it's a much more accessible um and even from pay to pay to play or from prizes or, or even investing in into bitcoins um, or currencies it really makes sense that that uh it's a sport so esports in general can move into a completely digital universe i guess as the metaverse is so we're excited we're actually we've been acquired by ese last year and that was a really uh, exciting time for for me. I learned I learned a lot, and and again, just going back to uh, I business. I'm not trying to sell the course, but a lot of the the actual course material I learned back then really helped me shape the business and and to navigate that um, that M and A process. So that was great. Thanks, Alan and Co. Um, and then to answer your question, yeah, we're now acquired by a business who's set up a whole division around metaverse and. Um, focusing esports uh, in into the metaverse so exciting times ahead for digital motorsports and we will be one of the first movers into that without disclosing too much wow okay um i don't want to uh to poke at you here but uh, i'd love to get a little bit more insight i guess uh, as to what might change after the acquisition um you know maybe you could just talk a little bit about some of the ideas that ese has or maybe what projects your teams will be working on so yeah, ESE is um, it, it's a three sixty esports business. So digital motorsports is only one of its pillars. Um, someone mentioned Valorant and you know Fortnite um, 
and uh, ESL uh, leagues even. So they've acquired like one of the oldest esports teams, I think in the world, um, Kick with a one in the middle. So a team based in Europe. Um, and that's their obviously FIFA uh, leg of the business. And as, as they look out, really the model is, you know, to have motorsports, um, Valorant, CSGO, all, all of these different titles uh, underneath the ESE banner. And, and really then to tie it all up into a classic business model, we've, we've a, a 200 plus support um, facility in Romania where we can support 24-7-365. We've, we're developing relationships with um, large uh, cloud vendors like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, for example. And we're, we're really working towards a model where everything is digital and online and can transition easily in, into a Web 3.0 or metaverse model. To give you some examples, some exciting things that I'm working on that um, we, we, we can discuss, but not in too much detail. But one of them will be the concept of a, a virtual waiting queue. So for our support or for online customer service on a mobile app, we could develop while you're waiting uh, in line to speak to a customer service rep, for example, you could play um, an online uh, game in the metaverse where you actually could score credits for our store or bump yourself up the waiting queue uh, as a virtual avatar. So we're, or race a, a little mini go-kart while you're waiting. So it's little things like that that, tr that bring our customers from you know, the physical real world into the metaverse uh, in a fun, fun and meaningful way. Um, there's other ideas we're looking at of minting our own Bitcoin uh, for digital motorsports where the community can come in and, and actually invest uh, into their own currency, which would be a cool concept. And then I guess the, uh, you know, the most obvious one um, is NFTs for us. So, you know, we, we ran the World Cup last year. We, we had a lot of uh, content, pictures and media around that. So somebody, for example, could buy the first NFT of the first World Cup trophy or you know, you know the, the actual posters for the event or things. So we're, we're looking at a lot of these different concepts and how we tie that all back into the metaverse. But I'm only looking at, at that through the narrow um, uh, angle of digital motorsports from the wider ESE group. They're looking at, at all these opportunities. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of the, the students here would appreciate uh, some of the things there. Um, you, you touched on uh, customer service, um, and I know you've, you've mentioned on your website that you have a five-star rating for customer service, and I think you've accredited that to your employees as well as the community. Um, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you think the community might evolve now, uh, considering the acquisition. Well, uh, like for me, it's all about community. So. The three big points I, I just want to make sure everyone's getting this is pay attention to this course, set out your ideas now. It could be 10 years from now. You're the, you're the person on the podcast. So that's point number one. Point number two is get, you know, get, get your business set out that you have your, your end vision in mind. Remember, you're either in an acquisition or partnership model or you're getting your business ready to be acquired or for sale. And then the third point is as you scale and grow, uh, watch out for things like customer support and um, the gotchas around community. Like we're a public listed company right now. So it's very important for us that we're 
we we um we bring the community and we bring our uh, our customers on that on that journey, Brian, because that's that is the secret sauce really of digital motorsports because there's loads of communities out there that can build um, tournaments and put on world-class broadcasts and events but if you're not bringing the community with you and a really hard part is i'll give an example to this a really hard part is when um your your community you need to build it that they feel every step of the way that they're contributing or a part part of that and community is as simple as we we built our community on on discord right um and sometimes you can disconnect that community from what's public and facing so that would be a, a, a top tip and, and one of the biggest problems we faced was when the acquisition was announced there was a reaction within our community of what does this mean um you know who now runs this uh from the moderators to the admins to the drivers themselves um and so what i'd say is as, as you're building community always be thinking how do you scale we use things like ai chatbots in in discord or you know we have community newsletters that go out and a lot of that takes administration and time and thought and effort um, so as you're building your your global enterprise always be thinking about how you keep that human element because um, often ai sounds like a great solution at times but it can lose a lot of the human touch and factor so we're we're right in the middle of that um, conundrum right now, Brian. To answer answer your question, because we've we've an ambition to grow our community by by ten x this year, so ten times, but without increasing our staff and resources by ten. And and that's that's great. And even 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 talking about the the community, so it's important. Like this is what pushed the esports even further because there are no borders, just time zones, basically. So in in a different interview, you mentioned. That the, the future of of sim racing, or like, like racing, is online and it's and it's it's looking bright. So despite the 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 positive environmental like factors, where do you see the the industry in the, in the few years? So will there be more people watching sim racing or playing sim racing than, for example, uh, traditional racing? Well, it, it's a great question because this is my daily uh, dilemma. So um, eSports turns traditional marketing on its head. And, and it's, 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 I'm fumbling around this one myself, but it, it's, um, it's a hard sell right now. When I go out for sponsorship to some of the bigger brands, um, whether they're in automotive or like, uh, you know, the, the Mercedes BMWs of the world or the Coca-Colas and Red Bulls, when you're speaking to marketing uh, people, It's all about eyes. So it's all like, how many people are going to see my brand? How many people are going to in engage with my brand? And I use the analogy of the World Cup final to explain it. It's like it, uh, traditional sports, if you take the World Cup soccer final, 22 people play it, 1 billion people watch it. Esports flips that on its head. Right. So one billion people play it and maybe 11 people watch it. And, and it's it's that analogy that um, we're, we're creating new new marketing mindsets as well, because what I how I sell my product, which is online racing, is, um, for example, just use a marquee like a BMW, for example, or actually our World Cup was with Porsche. So I'll use Porsche. And um, would you prefer 
you know, 1,000 people looking at a video of or an online broadcast of your car going around the track? Or would you prefer to have 1,000 people driving your car and experiencing that driving experience and, and making that brand association of I like Porsche, I like winning in Porsche, Porsche is the best car. And uh, so that that's one part of, of the equation, which is it's a different way of franchising and thinking about um, marketing from a sponsorship point of view. The second part to your question, because I, I picked up on two parts, was um, motorsports is quite expensive in the real world. And it's actually uh, quite elitist because more money uh, is pumped in, the more chance you have of winning it. And you have to be physically able, you have to pass medical eyesight tests and often have um, medical reports. So digital motorsports breaks down all the barriers for, for a really inclusive sport. For example, we've developed disability hand controls and we've actually developed simulators for wheelchair accessibility. We're working on projects around high um, visibility uh, headsets and screens so that people who are maybe colorblind and can't see the flags because flags are quite important to motorsport like checkered flags or yellow flags or blue flags red flags so we're, we're creating um as you, as you touched on it's carbon friendly it's carbon neutral actually in, this, in a certain extent compared to motorsport nobody gets hurt nobody gets injured it's 27 or 24 7 365 available it's a far more cost effective solution We've had championships where grandparents have raised sons with the grandsons in it, for example. So it, it's um, non-age bias. It's very easy to understand. And we're, we're really driving, uh, for example, we've partnered with Formula Females. We're really driving different communities to come together um, to enjoy that sport. Yeah, and and I think this that is, is partly covered by it, but maybe you could talk to the idea of strategy uh, for the business um, like what are what are some of the the things to think about for you? Um, could you give me well from a strategy point of view? It's it's revenue and profit. I know that sounds um terrible, but that's that's what every business, unless you're a non for profit, exists for. But from a strategy point of view, we we have so um very clearly we we started off with a vision, right? So our vision statement is to be the number one esports brand globally. Right, so that's that's a huge vision statement. Um, from a strategy point of view, we have to back that up with a mission statement. So you start with your vision. What what are you trying to achieve? Like, what's the end goal for the business? Um, the mission statement for us is, you know, we we've underpinned our business with values around ethics, professionalism, teamwork, and and and, and putting customers at everything we do at the center of everything we do. So if you're going to be number one brand, your strategy has to be around marketing. Uh, how, how do you get your market out there? We rely heavily on content marketing. So videos, small productions, again, a lot of stuff that uh, uh, Alan would have would have um, taught us back in the day. Um, so social media is free. It's your best marketing tool. So the tool we actually use is uh, Hootsuite to manage our social media. Second part of it is um, build your your customer support so our strategy is all around having uh customer support and as you touched on five star so we use Trustpilot as our in google reviews uh, we use uh hubspot as our crm customer support tool and so after after every championship or race 
we've or yeah, e-commerce platform where we can sell simulators or products. We follow up with an email. How did we do? Leave us a review, that type of thing. So the strategy is all around <clears throat> building the brand, building the community. Um, and, and then the, the third strategy is we adopted like lean agile approaches. So I have a technology background, so everything, it's not about cutting costs, um, but it's also not about sales at all costs. So we, we really review our operational costs. So everything from premises, staff, overheads, insurance, um, licensing software, uh, and everything that we, we, um, we do, we think about it because every, we, as we say, we have to put every euro to work. That's our philosophy. Um, and then underneath the mission, <clears throat> we put our objectives. So every year we sit down as a group and we, we just basically say, what's our objective this year? And that could be as simple as grow um, our e-commerce sales by 20%. Um, only onboard partners who will give us 20 to 30% margin on product. They're, and they're very simple. Like grow e-commerce, or sorry, grow our community by... 10% this year and we give each uh, of our team one of those objectives so underneath objectives we have targets so what does that actually mean so targets will be um, you know sales figures of last year we generated 3.5 million that the public so we can say that very proud of that in euros and um, that's a, that was a hundred percent growth on the year previous 1.75 um, we grew our community up to 32,000. That was up from uh, 18,000 a year previous. So, so you can really build your business strategy around very simple models like that. Have a vision, have a mission, set out your objectives, set out your targets. And, and then underneath this strategy, uh, which to answer your question, is all of the strategy comes together after you've done those first top bits. So, you know, guerrilla marketing, um, how do we, you know, our strategies are very liquid and for a team, our values are based around fun, fast and fair. So that was our, our theme values. And that's a great exercise if you're putting together a business, it's actually sit down with people in a room and come up with all these things. What's their values? What's their mission statement? What's their vision? What's their objectives? And uh, I, I, that's the most exciting part for me about being the CEO and founder is, is doing that work. Great to hear that HubSpot is part of the, the tech stack as well. Um... Uh, I worked there myself now, so I must reach out to your account manager and see if there's any help I can do there. But uh, no, that's great to hear. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we're, we're, and we're not even scratching the surface on HubSpot, to be honest. But the, the, the point would be having the, the platforms. When people talk about platforms, it, it's like we use Microsoft Office for, for our comms. We were on Google. We, we flipped over to Microsoft because uh, Microsoft supported us. HubSpot gave us a startup pack. You know, and if you reach out to these organizations, you'd be surprised at the startup um, support they'll give you. So HubSpot gave us, uh, I think it was two years free and, uh, you know, a number of seated licenses. Believe me, they're now getting their money back. Shopify was the same. We're on Shopify Plus now. We started off on the most basic pack. And um, our third one then uh, is, is an operational tool called Deer. And believe me, that is Deer. But it, again, it, it's, it's about that idea of if you're going to start a business, start with the biggest business in mind. Like you're going to be bigger than, you know, 
all like you're going to be bigger than Microsoft, bigger than Apple. How, what systems do you need? So, so I always started with that idea of HubSpot could grow global enterprise, Microsoft could grow, you know, enterprise. And I always, I always felt that um, if I started with enterprise solutions, I, I'd end up with a with a with a global enterprise business, which I have. So Neil, are basically the the customers you're targeting are not like people that normally enjoy the real world or racing so it's globally it's it's everyone it's even us yeah exactly um so just from a strategy point of view that that's that's the secret sauce question um you have to understand the the, the demographic of of who you're um focusing in on and, and there are tools as i mentioned we we started off with um Facebook and Instagram from a marketing and content point of view, purely because out of the box, they, they were able to provide really simple, and I'm talking like 20 euro investments into very specific markets. So we started off with Dublin in Kildare. We then grew that to um, South of Ireland, spending money there, then UK and Ireland. And we actually, that was our marketing strategy. We started very local and we moved down. Um, and we're now into budgets of tens of thousands of euros per month um, to, to run those campaigns specifically targeted to, and, and we know our customer, we actually call him uh, Ayrton Maxena. We have a, a, a makey-uppy customer that we talk about internally. But, you know, it's a 35-year-old male who likes motorsports, cars, um, likes gaming as well, uh, is looking for a new challenge, has a disposable income per annum of about 3,000 euros to invest in their sports and hobbies. Uh, we'll, we, we understand our customer life cycle, so how long we'll retain a, a customer for. We understand customer churn, how long they'll stay with us. And we also understand the um, average order values. And all of that metrics we we run, we don't develop those. We, we have a third party company called, um, geez, uh, looking back, Retention X is the, is the company we use, um, which is an application in Shopify. And that really helps from the strategy point of view for us to target in exactly um, our marketing campaigns and our acquisition campaigns. Um, in on an individual so to give you some real high level numbers we know last year we had over 1 million people visit our website um but we were able to convert 25,000 of those in, into actual sales and they're the met they're the key metrics that from a business operational point of view you have to figure out so the more you invest in getting people onto your website more conversions multiplied up by your average order value Per customer and you'll be able to get your uh, projections of, of revenue out of that maybe uh one of, one of the last questions now um if, if someone was new to sim racing or digital motorsports um how would they go about starting uh, like do you need a background in motorsports to get into sim racing at all yeah it, it's it's actually my project right now for this year so digital motorsports um traditionally was for people who already had an interest in motorsports or or whether it was gaming on an xbox using hand controls or going into the to the track to you know do track days or even motorsports 
Um, so we're, we're developing an academy model. So this year, um, and if anyone in, in this classroom is, is interested in reaching out to me from a, uh, from a project point of view or to get involved in something um, for part of your uh, dissertation or whatever, uh, have a talk to me because we're, we're developing an academy model, which is a, a, a freemium. So you can come in and you'll learn the basics of motorsport from how you set up your simulator rig, how you join an online race, how the online race is actually conducted, flags, stewarding, marshalling, all of that. And then there's a test at the end of it. So a classic, you know, you come in, you do a 10, 10 day course or 10 video course, whatever it may be, pass the test and you get a license to go racing with digital motorsports. And by the end of that, you'll understand everything you need to go racing. And then we can start into a payment model where it's like, if you want to do more advanced racing, where you could potentially win prizes or money, um, you can pay to enter races. And then if you're really, really good at that, you can get entry into the World Cup level, which is our top tier um, ranking system, where you could be actually the Digital Motorsports World Cup number one in the whole world. So we, we have a tiering model um, that we're developing because we have identified it. It's for people who don't know where to start. It's that very first point will be to join the academy and, and learn basic. Okay, yeah. So it sounds like it's open to all and I think I, I see a few nodding heads around where probably aiming then for the World Cup. That's the that's the pinnacle. That's it, yeah. And and that's that's the really the vision um, to go back to 10 years ago was always to set up, um, you know, professionally recognized sport that like we, we don't say we're like real world motorsports. We just say we're a completely separate discipline all to ourselves. Like digital motorsports is as much a racing discipline as go-karting or rallying or, you know, um, Formula One, it's just another uh, yeah, discipline of motorsports that you can compete in. So we don't try and compare ourselves to the real world thing where, as a strategy piece again, we're just firmly standing on our own two feet saying we're digital motorsports, where if you can be the world champion of digital motorsports, that's great. You know, but it doesn't necessarily lead into a career in motorsports, it can, but it doesn't have to. I think that sounds like a, a nice point to finish on, Niall. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. But uh, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and experiences today. I know we all got a lot out of it, so really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Design Talk. The music used is Check Them In by Emma Grace, an AI Vocaloid virtual singer-artist. Credits and links in the show notes. If you like listening to this, add it to your playlist to get notified when we release new episodes.